0: Glory.
1: Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. This is the biggest way that podcasts grow. If you haven't yet given us a five-star review, pause this recording and give us a five-star rating and review, unless you're driving. I am Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother, Chris, an Anglican priest. Chris, how are you? Kirk, I'm great.
0: Mm.
2: It's been a full week. Uh, It's been a busy week. Uh, School yesterday. Uh, We're recording this on, on Friday, August 27th. School started yesterday. We did our first day of school photos and of course that those photos included not just our children but Anna our delightful teaching intern who is living with us for the next nine months so it's been a very full week of of that and of getting accustomed to having uh, somebody who doesn't speak great English in the house so there's been some miscommunications not bad but it's just an adjustment Uh, and, uh, that's been fun, super fun. She cooked for us last night. Uh, and, uh, we've been enjoying that and, uh, yeah, it's been good. Kirk, I think we've talked about this before, but I came across you. We've talked uh, at length in the past about how language changes Mm -hmm. and I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole where I clicked on this, listen to this, listen to this and came across, uh, a hymn that I thought was going to be the king of love. My shepherd is because it used the tune Dundee, but instead was an Isaac Watts hymn. How sweet and awful is the place, <laughs> which was a stark <laughs> reminder. Yes. So so the, the, the text goes, how sweet and awful is the place with Christ within the doors while everlasting <laughs> love displays the choicest of our stores. It's this, this, uh, text about how awestruck we would we right. ought to be at um the beauty of of of, of the church which which uh is right. overflowing
1: with god's presence it's the, um, triviali- the word- <laughs> trivialization of the word awesome yes of which my whole generation like like generation x like trashed awesome so it's okay and i i, I use awesome in the wrong way so that that word's gone but you're right yeah awful yeah, yeah that's that's the old sense yeah awful and awesome were uh, like
2: the old sense of awful. Uh, in fact, newer hymnals have changed it to awesome, that, that this is awesome. Uh, but uh, <laughs> awful used to mean, uh, you said not, uh, used to be a, an
1: antonym of terrible, but now it's a synonym. Yeah, well, we don't even have a word anymore, I think, that, that, that captures what right. Um, right. awful meant in, in, in that iteration of English. That's like, a, in the 18th century English church, um, enthusiasm was a huh. was a slur, right? Yeah. To yeah. preach with enthusiasm, that that meant you were like a holy roller, you know. You yeah. were you were toying with people's emotions instead of preaching with uh, sweet reason and using text and right. um, and and mild and, and and logic. Instead, you were like emotionalistic or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And uh, our, our our prayer, I, I didn't look it up, but the collect that we'll pray at the end of the at the end of the podcast um i think the 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 1662 book of common prayer says prevent us O lord which doesn't mean stop us oh lord but go before us right <laughs> so
2: yeah i mean it's it's you know the term prevenient grace right. um and go before, uh, yeah. and even in our constitution i'm, I'm trying to remember which closet is that t- talks with the um uh prevent uh being uh used in that sense or maybe, maybe like a, the vanguard
1: something that goes yeah. on ahead that, that, that yeah. prepares a place for us yeah
2: yeah i'm actually thinking of something different um <laughs> but another word that has changed uh it, it's when when um the the uh when the federal government is is given the ability to regulate trade it doesn't mean it like regulate we think of today as like almost inhibiting where regulate needs to make regular it, it that's what it's oh, that's the yes. sense that it had when it was written that like they need to open up the 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 flow of trade not right. inhibit it and instead uh the commerce clause has been used to in fact yeah. uh for the federal government to unconstitutionally regulate uh states in ways that they ought not to
1: yeah another great um word that's been changed is want right i want nothing doesn't mean i desire nothing it, it's it, it meant like lack right mm. so, to, to, so you're to, saying
2: the lord is my shepherd i shall not
1: want you know right. th- it, it doesn't it mean it like, i'm a, I'm a lack, buddhist it doesn't mean nothing. i'm a buddhist now i have no right. desires i sit yeah. on my shack on the hill yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, language uh, language changes yeah it does it does I, I was hoping you would um you would imitate <laughs> for spanish-speaking green card holders when you talk about language changes like last time, but that's we're not going to get that today.
2: OK, sorry.
1: No, <laughs> no. Okay. I, I, I don't
2: know what uh, what I'm supposed to be doing. What no, are we referring to
1: a bomber and bummer? Your are uh, little oh, foray into uh, gotcha. Spanish-American pronunciations. OK, let's go yeah. to everyone. I don't have anything there. The sorry. Yeah. You ready? Everyone's Shire, favorite portion Shire, of the show. What? Shire update? No, show and tell. Oh. Everyone loves show and tell in a podcast, right?
2: Yeah.
1: You ready? Do you see this?
2: Uh-huh. See this? Uh-huh.
1: What does it say? It says Blackhawk Band. Yes. I am going a to ban- be a band parent chaperone at a high school football game tonight. Blackhawk Beaver Falls.
2: What's does- the Pennsylvania rivalry? What to pray tell does it mean to be a parent chaperone?
1: uh like hand out water at halftime okay like make sure mayhem doesn't ensue break break up any brawls in the unlikely event i'm not sure i'm sure they'll tell me they'll tell me all about it um when i was a, a band director in a previous era um i'll tell you what it meant it meant um like made the band parents feel involved i think <laughs> i don't remember what the band parents did they like handed out snacks at halftime that's what i remember orange slices like it's not like they helped like so i, I didn't really get to enjoy high school football games uh, as a band director because like right you're just constantly on yeah.
2: right yeah. like i um,
1: leading the cheers uh um, and uh, making sure that people are in formation like getting the girl that's nauseous like get get yeah that's what they do they usher like they help kids that are sick or have to go to the bathroom that's what i'll probably be like <laughs> taking kids to the bathroom and stuff like that that's probably what i Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It sounds that
2: sounds, uh, that sounds uh, just just right very... up your right
1: up your alley. Yeah. yeah, that's that's your your type of thing. Yeah, so that's what's that's what's going on tonight, Kirk. What's the outlook for Blackhawk football? Uh, undetermined. I um, it's been a a mediocre and middling program. For I I think about 10 or 15 years after about a 15 year um, kind of run of being really good. And in the meantime, the school where I teach Central Valley has had a historic run that has produced several NFL players um, the the most notable of whom was um, one of the safeties for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this this past Super Bowl winner, the less and... good one. Not... <laughs> you like Antoine Winfield Jr. Yes, They're yeah, not Antoine Winfield, product. the other guy. Product, and uh, I can't remember his name now. He Came out of Pitt. Oh, uh, Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead, who is a fantastic kid, um, smart, cerebral athlete, and covers the field well. So, yeah. And the the other the other kid who came out uh, was Robert Foster, who is an amazing wide receiver. Um, and uh and and flashed with the bills briefly, but I, I think is probably out of the league now. And it feels tough, man. You can be really good in high school and college sure. and then just kind of flame out. So so that's I don't have a scouting report. That's what you're asking for. I don't I don't yeah. have one. How about yeah. Central Valley? Are you are you guys uh they're did you have you they're gonna be good? They're gonna be good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, real good. But
2: but you probably won't go to any Central Valley games since you're a with Yeah, with Blackhawk, yeah.
1: Black Hawk, yeah. It, it, exactly. Um, which which uh which is is too bad, but that's fine. That's the era of life that I am in. Um so I um I nothing that can happen at Central Valley Games um kind of will affect me this year. Um I won't be parts of the highs, parts of the lows. If anything awful happens there, it won't defile them defile me. <laughs> that's a clunky transition. <laughs> but we should talk about what defiles a person, Christopher, shouldn't we? Let's...
2: This week's gospel reading comes from the gospel of Mark chapter seven, verses one through 23. Now, when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is unwashed for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why did your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, that this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, I hope you are faithful in reading your Bibles because there is always something in there for us. On this past Sunday evening, we had a fantastic book discussion at my house, where the topic of odd and fringy cult-like Christian denominations came up. This was we're talking <laughs> about kind of our you know this person had a family member who was part of this odd, fringy cult-like denomination, and uh, and we were kind of examining like like how do they end up there? And I I think um, what makes these denominations attractive is because they simplify the Christian life into uh, this christian life of of i'm sorry they simplified the christian life into obedience to a narrow set of rules right like it's it's like easy it's like you, you, there's a list of do's and don'ts and if you do these things and avoid these things that's what the christian life is about uh and, and what i want to say to you is, is i'm not going to come out inside of of uh I mean, I, I don't want to sound like I dislike the law. Um, Jesus does have an entire new way of life for us, each of us who have passed through the waters of baptism. But the Christian life is more, far more than a list of do's and don'ts. It's so much more complicated than that. And when you read the words of Jesus, you encounter this. Because uh, for those who are just looking for the do's and don'ts, uh, Jesus is really confusing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jesus, his teaching could seem contradictory because, like, he says statements like, whoever is not with me is against me. But then in another place, he says, for the one who is not against us is for us. Seemingly contradictory statements. But what Jesus is really trying to do is, is to help us to think. Um, yes, we can reduce and summarize the law, Right. Jesus was asked to do so. And his response was, love God, love your neighbor. You know, on these two commandments rest all the the, the law and prophets. Um, But living this out is really, really complicated. And it defies uh, simple explanations. Jesus asks us to think. Uh, Jesus cares about morals, but he is not a moralist. Jesus did not come to destroy the law but to fulfill it and uh, we talk about how although the civil and the ceremonial law is no more because christ fulfilled it this is why we we wear clothes of multiple kinds of fiber and why uh we can have a cheesesteak uh we we don't live kosher lives because jesus fulfilled the civil and ceremonial law but the moral law of god it that remains and it remains because it has to do with the very character of God. So um, we seek to follow the legal demands of the law, but Jesus is against legalism. And that's what we're seeing here. So uh, we see the character of, of, of the writer, Mark, um, and that this is is at least this section, but perhaps the whole gospel is sort of aimed at um, non-Jews, that it's aimed at Greeks, because he explains there's this like parenthetical section from, uh, let's see, verse three until from verses three and four, where he explains, uh, just, so you know, this is like he's referring to like ceremonial washing that that um, many of the Pharisees do. And um, the complaint lodged against him is that he and his disciples do not follow the traditions of the elders. Now, Mark has already demonstrated earlier in the gospel that Jesus rejected traditional purity because Jesus uh, defies these conventions by touching a leper in one instance, and he touches a corpse in another. He eats with tax collectors and sinners, uh, which would require ritual um, cleansing after he did this. So um, in today's gospel reading, he rejects this very... Idea of purity that um, encountering impure things makes us impure. Jesus throws out the idea that um, purity and impurity are things that have to do with uh, things that we put in our bodies or come in contact with. So, uh, and then Jesus makes a further point that while these Pharisees are fulfilling the letter of the law, they're checking a box, they essentially are. Moralistic because they don't actually care about the heart of the law, which is really what matters. Um, so let me explain. So we've got this uh term korban that is given to God. So these Pharisees are uh basically uh I don't know how Jesus knows this. Uh <laughs> maybe he, he knows them personally, maybe he's given just this divine revelation um from the father um but uh it's it's clear that that there are those among him who are criticizing who are hypocrites who say you are not fulfilling the letter of the law and he turns it on them and he says well you technically fulfill the letter of the law uh because you found a loophole and what that loophole is is that this was a society without social security social security was found in children taking care of their parents in old age the loophole Was that if you were uh, a Pharisee, you could essentially designate, rather than taking care of your parents, you could designate your wealth as a gift to God. You could designate it as korban and only give that gift after your own death. Does that make sense? So let's say your net worth is uh, a million dollars. Let's say you're worth a million dollars. Your parents are destitute. They require you to care for them because there is no social security and uh, you are a millionaire and you're like, sorry, I can't help you. I have nothing. I have given everything into, every everything I've, I have, I've given to the church. And then like in small print, you're like, uh, upon my own death. <laughs> so you live as a millionaire uh, and you could essentially spend all your money and then die giving a penny to the church and not take actually taking care of your parents. And Jesus is like, You do not get it. (laughs) You are not fulfilling what the heart of the law is. And then in verse 14, he announces this this teaching, which is is earth shattering, right? Um, That he says that it is not, in fact, these external things that defile a person. It's not eating pork. It's not uh, coming in contact uh, with a Samaritan woman at the well. It's not coming in contact with sinners. These things don't defile us. What defiles us already was there in the heart. So I mean, these—it's um, not that the law is bad, right? Um, we're not saying the law is bad, but uh, this ritual purity uh, was meant to protect the people. Like, don't touch a leper because you might get leprosy, right? <laughs> it wasn't to marginalize people who are vulnerable. And, and like ship them out, out, of the, out of the village and say, you can't come back inside the village. The, the point was to protect God's people. There's a point for every single law of, of, of God. It's not just arbitrary stuff that, that people are doing. And Jesus is saying, um, if you in fact want to be pure, you need to understand that uh, it is not encountering a sinner that makes you sin. It is your own heart. And Kirk, uh, we are, you and I are people, and I would imagine many of our listeners are people who were raised in what has come to be known as purity culture. Yep. Purity culture. Uh, uh, it's interesting, a guy named Joshua Harris wrote a book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And and in purity culture around the time when, when we went to college and Kirk and I went to the same college, uh, purity culture is dominant. Um, and what purity culture did is is, is it, it it, uh, in an effort to make people sexually moral, um, things into kind of black and white and said, um, all these external things, which are sinful, avoid those. And in, in teaching that it didn't, it failed to teach that, that, that the sinful desires are in fact inside of us. Right.
1: And, and it was your, uh,
2: it's your lust that defies you as a young
1: man or woman. Yeah.
2: Um, And the consequences of purity culture are, have been awful that like people who did sin sexually felt defiled by that. Um, And of course, uh, Jesus makes the foulest clean. Right. Right. And, and um, instead people felt defiled forever uh, and
1: forever unclean. So um, that, that is maybe a topic for another day. That call that um, group of American Christians that grew up in that there has been no greater hemorrhage, no greater mass exodus from the church than those children of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. They're gone.
2: And in fact, the guy who wrote, yeah. literally wrote the book <laughs> is now gone. Like he's no longer a believer. The guy who, who like, uh, yeah. Anyway. If you're
1: wondering where, where the Christians in their 30s are, that was them. And that's why they're not near churches, but that's not why it's a, it's a more complicated yeah. story, but yeah.
0: They're, they're
2: so I, I just wanted to raise that idea. And, um and ultimately in, in doing so, Jesus declared foods clean because foods can't make you unclean. It's, it's, it's what's in our hearts um, that makes us unclean. And uh, as we build a biblical theology, we need to understand um, where sin comes from. Sin does not come from. Uh, I mean, Kirk, I could go many different ways from here and I don't mean to be have scattered thoughts and have this happen now, but like in purity culture, men, um, essentially have come to tell people what to wear, right. That they're like, and,
1: and, and there, which is the pharisaical um, right, impulse right. to build a hedge around the law in right. order to keep people from, um, uh, sinning against Levitical, like one of the 600 Levitical, um, laws, you created an extra hedge, which is kind right. of what, what Jesus is kind of. Chipping away at here in this passage. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. And, and what I mean is when people, when I say men tell women what to wear, is that like it was common in youth group culture for a, a young man to say to a woman, like, this dress that you're wearing is distracting to me and is making making things hard for me. <laughs> As if like the, what she is wearing is making your heart impure. No, 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 no. Right. That no, was already inside your heart. Inside your, you, heart. Yeah. your heart yeah. is what
1: makes you impure. Yeah. 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 And,
2: and so we need to understand that, which is why Kirk, we are a people who um, believe in confession right. uh, and absolution because we are people who need confession and absolution because it is uh, what is inside of us that makes us unclean. Um, and so our sin uh, needs to be confessed. Um, and
1: and absolved, or or as I, I, I don't mean to trademark this if I didn't come up with this, but I think I might come up with this. <laughs> um, we are we are not sinners because we sin, right? We sin because we're sinners. Yeah. I didn't. You know what? That's that's Augustine, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know who yeah, the first so, was. No, to, no that to, is to Augustine. That right? I mean- on Picare. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, that sorry, si uh, yes. Yeah, it, it's we were born with original sin, and yep. um, that is why we sin. It's not, and so it's not like the avoidance of specific things so much as as uh, understanding the inclinations of our heart. Yep.
1: So, Christopher, there is a uh, there is a dominant philosophy that has been, I think, internalized um, in America. It started in the Academy in France in France in the uh-huh. <laughs> like, Existentialism, existentialism, um, whose core tenet is you are what you do, right? Mm. Existence precedes mm. essence, um, so your identity is the sum total of your actions, which really comes to has has come to be how we judge people as successes, right? In America, um, we judge them by their accomplishments, right? you 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 are your resume. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Mark 7, we see here something a little different, which doesn't say you are what you do, but you are what your heart is. That is a hard word. And uh, we often talk as, 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 as people who are Reformed Catholics. Um, the Church of England went through Reformation, and um, one of the uh, kind of the hermeneutics that um, the, the magisterial reformers of the 16th century brought to the gospel was the idea that the gospel speaks in two accents um it speaks in, it speaks words of law and words of gospel and um that's a that's a, a strong 200 proof word of law right you are what your heart is and we are people who believe we are honest about the state of our hearts as christians right we we acknowledge original sin that we are sons of adam and daughters of eve and um the things that our heart produces defile us it's just true um i i I was brought to mind, First uh, Samuel sixteen, um, when 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 God decides that, um, that when 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 Saul has um, failed Israel and violated um, an agreement with Samuel, and so Saul is rejected, and God sends Samuel out to choose David, right? The sons of Jesse, and uh, do you remember uh, Samuel sees uh, a handful of handsome sons, right? Like, is yeah. it this one? And the Lord says, nope, not that one. Is it this yeah. one? No, not that one. And he finally asked Jesse. Like, he's like, are there any ha- more? <laughs> do you have any others? <laughs> and he's, and like, he's like, well, right? yeah, but, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, what is this like? He's like,
2: yeah, but, I mean, are you sure? Like, look at all these good ones here. <laughs> right. Like,
1: he really doesn't want to show him, David. And and one of the one of the core uh, lessons of that, that remarkable passage is that the Lord sees the heart. Yeah. The Lord does not judge by outward appearances, but judges by the heart. And, and, and then as Christians, we, we also, we, we learn something remarkable from the work of Christ in the cross, and that is the gospel, which is, yes, you are what your heart is, which is defiled in a sinful creature that is east of Eden, um, prevented from entering paradise by a flaming sword forever. But the cross also says you are what Christ has done for you. Mm-hmm. And um, so Saint Paul very poignantly says in, in Rome in Romans. Then this is where we get the simultaneously saint and sinner. Um, so so Mark seven. This is this is shockingly true, right? Um, these things defile us, um, and and the cross is also true, that we are what Christ has done for us. Simultaneously, our robes are washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah yeah uh
2: where's that in, in revelation where it's like what are we looking at it's yeah like those these are the saints who's i
1: said to him who are these are, yeah yeah and he says you know <laughs> they are those whose robes are washed white in the blood of the lamb i, I like that yeah, it's, it's beautiful um, uh it's uh, elsewhere what is it in in, in luke 7 i don't remember if i have the right chapter um the pharisees are um are tangling with jesus And, uh, and, and Jesus kind of says with exasperation, he's talking about John the Baptist, I think, I think is this when he finds out that John the Baptist has died, which is interesting, right? That has nothing to do with it. But, but on Sunday is we, we, we mark you, you, we have the option of marking the beheading of John the Baptist. Um, Jesus says like, ah, John came neither eating nor drink neither neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And -hmm. you say, you said he hath a devil, right? I ate and drank. And you called me a drunkard and a glutton. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And it's uh, the people who judge by behaviors will, we will never measure up in their (laughs) eyes. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If we're ascetics, right. Like John, if we go the route of John the Baptist and like take purity and holiness seriously, they'll say, you're crazy. You're you're a crazy person. Right. (laughs) And if we eat and drink with sinners, if we go that route, they'll say you're a drunk and a a glutton. So, um, or a glurd or whatever you
2: just said. Yeah
1: or that it's that's a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So does that, does that make sense? I, I, I think um, yeah, we just yeah. have to be careful not, not to judge people by their actions um, because the Lord judges by the heart. And also we'll end up like saying you're, that, that person's either drunk or they're a crazy person. Yeah. yeah And, and um, avoid those who maybe are inclined to judge us that way. But
2: yeah, I mean, in, in Kirk, you know, what it is that caused our sinful nature, right? Uh, eating apples. Speaking uh, of AKA, eating apples. <laughs> oh come on! I was gonna say, aka the fall. The fall. <laughs> oh, yes. The Speaking fall. of fall.
1: Speaking of fall, um, for our culture segment uh, last week we we got heavy, and uh, we got feedback um, from some people who are like we love you but you we we disagree with you which is fine like we love you too and we disagree with you too um, but so we're gonna do super light today we're gonna have fun today. Uh, speaking of the fall, Christopher, in Genesis three, in Genesis one we have the creation, and um, as Christians. Uh, it should be one of our great delights to celebrate the Mm. beauties of a God's creation. And one of the glories of God's creation is the seasons. And you and I grew up in Northern Minnesota, um, in which winters were brutal, but you could play in summers were simply golden and paradisal. What's the adjective of paradise? Paradisic? Paradisical, summers were like paradise.
2: I, I would say were... paradisic, except that sounds a lot like parasitic. So maybe we shouldn't say that.
1: Springs, spring was basically thaw. <laughs> yeah, and spring fall was, was non-existent. True. But you and I have both moved henceforth since then to places that have autumn and have discovered the delights of autumn. So today, for our culture segment, Christopher, we are going to do a fall ranking. It is time yes. to rank the things. That we all need to look forward to. All right. So I have my rankings ready. And um, let's start with my rankings. So I'm going to go in descending order. From 10 down to 1. Do we agree that's, a, that's the proper way to do a ranking? That, or you, that is the proper way okay. of doing a ranking. There yes. are dissenters. And I don't understand why that's you would crazy. like. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Lunatics. Up is down. Down is up. Lunatics. lunatics. Yeah. Yes. Number 10. College football. I like college football, but our chosen team, the Minnesota Gophers are kind of meh, They're meh. So it'll be like kind of a, 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 the background music of my Saturday afternoons, un- unless they either pit or um, the Gophers, uh, unlikely, have an improbably good season. Well, what's um, nice, Kirk,
2: is that the Gophers get to like ease into their schedule <laughs> this year um, by some yeah. like kind of really easy games. Oh, in you mean Ohio State? Several. Yeah. If they open up against <laughs> Ohio state.
1: Yeah. How about what's, what is the over-under and not the over-under what's the line on that? It, it has to be like I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We could look that up, but whatever it'd be it'd cause for great, further depression. So, um, and I'm surrounded by Penn state fans who are, I love, I love my Penn state fan friends, but it's just, I can't handle it. <laughs> like your uniforms actually aren't great. They're just boring. And it hasn't been linebacker you in a while, though. I do like the rookie, uh, the, the the rookie Clyermuth uh, for the Steelers. Think he's going to be good. Kind of want a jersey. Great German name. Okay, number nine, apples, apples, Christopher. Mm
2: fresh apples oh. it's hard to beat them yeah oh. <laughs> i pity those who don't like apples is yeah. I, and i feel like it is because they've only tasted red delicious apples which yeah. are never good <laughs> the worst doesn't but like a, a fresh apple from an orchard like a like mm. a good variety and there are many good varieties it's it is a it is a a pleasure um, yeah. it's, it's
1: incredible and and um we did we didn't grow up with this christopher partly because i don't know how many apple orchards (laughs) that were in northern minnesota but apple picking is a really fun thing Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a crunchier organic way of like getting a supply of apples in in the fall um go to an orchard and like you pay for a sack or whatever and and um and and you
2: eat your weight in in (laughs) apples and then you pay for the ones that you put in the sack yeah
1: (laughs) that's right yeah it's and it's enormous fun and then um it's fun having kind of Getting creative as a baker with apple. Obviously, they're apple pies, but then there are a bunch of different directions you can go with apples. So that's apples. Number eight. You may call this cliche. You may roll your eyes at this, but I love all things pumpkin. I I love, I'm a sucker for it. I love pumpkin coffee. I love pumpkin pie. Another time we can tell the story of um of my mistaken pumpkin pie piece on the floor in our house. Yep. A story for another time you you were an eyewitness to that i love pumpkin beer i know some of my beer purist friends will roll their eyes will fall out of their heads rolling at this but um i i do love pumpkin beer um i love pumpkin decorations my wife uh, decorates with like gourds and pumpkins and stuff like that i think it's great i love going to the pumpkin patch and picking pumpkins i love carving pumpkins um we do it religiously uh before halloween And so I love all things pumpkin. Number seven, unpacking fall clothes. Christopher, I don't know about you, but I now have kind of a seasonal rhythm in my life where I have several Rubbermaid containers that I I rotate clothings, clothings, clothing seasonally. And um, some point in late September, a lot of my shorts, I'm gonna put them away and I'm gonna be pulling out some hoodies and sweaters People talk cardigans,
2: about cardigans, cardigans.
1: Oh, I, yes. Mm. Yes. And and, uh, and as, as we have established, I, I love, love me some bow ties on Thursday, bow tie Thursday. Um, nothing says I'm 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 a, I'm a snooty history teacher quite like a cardigan and a bow tie on a Thursday afternoon in the autumn. Yeah. So cardigans are great. And of course, as, as uh, an adopted Pittsburgher it's in the Mr. Rogers tradition to put on a cardigan in the fall. So I love unpacking fall clothes and I love putting away um, the summer clothes when we're kind of, when I'm done with the heat, I'm just kind of mentally pivoting with the heat. Number six, changing colors. All right. Um, This would be higher for many people, Christopher, but I'm colorblind. But you still um, appreciate the colors. I still appreciate it. I just know I don't appreciate it as much as other people. People ask me, people ask me. Art. students will ask me constantly when they find out i'm colorblind they're fascinated by this They're like mr Haberman, what color is this <laughs> oh mr haberman, what color is this and then they'll ask me mr haberman like so how do you do, do you even like art <laughs> like yeah i like art i just don't i don't see it in all its richness the way you do and this is how i explain it a tone deaf person still listens to the radio like they still have a favorite band um but like you just can't necessarily ask them to sing along you know, yeah. like they listen on their own level. Same with me and in, in fall colors. I don't see its full resplendent glory, but it still looks pretty cool. Number five, yeah. fall baseball. I'm talking about both Little League, and I'm coaching two of my sons this year, and MLB playoffs. Last year was one of the best World Series I've seen in a while, some crazy finishes. And so I'm looking forward to that. Sadly, our, our beloved Minnesota Twins stink. They stink. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, when they're good and then they're in the playoffs, um, uh, either the Yankees or the Astros like cruelly stomp on them and and dash. Our, our, our Kirk, and we hope. were talking about the things we like about fall. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how I got derailed there. Number four, number four, fall weather. Yeah. Oh, crisp mornings, yeah. cool evenings. Stunning blue skies because Mm -hmm. summer's humidity is gone and there's no haze. Fires in the backyard on a cool Saturday night. Throwing the football to my boys in the crisp fall air. Fall weather is the best. As I've said before, Christopher, we didn't really, there's no such thing as like a delightful fall day on the Canadian border in northern Minnesota, right? (laughs) It like weather pivots hard, Um, but not so here in Pittsburgh. Like, we just kind of have like cool nights and golden days in the '60s. It's just great. Would that would that characterize you in Sioux Falls?
2: Oh yeah, yep, awesome.
1: It's a great fall. is a great time to hike. Yes. Number three, Oktoberfest. Mm. German beer, pretzels, brats, corny, middle European, umpa music, lederhosen, dirndls. It all hits my sweet spot. Kirk, so. what's better? Hard pretzels <laughs> or soft pretzels? Oh, I like I like soft pretzels. I didn't even know what they were as a kid, so like it's still like a, a fun new thing for me. And like you can dip them in like cheese or mustard or whatever. It's yeah. So great. And huh? and, you? and you know,
2: they require yeast, which unfortunately <laughs> requires
1: yelling at FedEx drivers. We are going to have to have a um a, a, a yeast and pretzel update this fall. Yeah. Um, so I, we, I, I promise we have a yeast update coming this fall. Number two, corn mazes. I can't explain it, but I could spend an entire day at a corn maze and consider it not wasted. Um, I like Christopher, I like the big ones that like take several Mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. Um, they have like scavenger hunts or like you need to be mapping yourself or it's awesome. Or where you're like, you're looking at the map and you're like, where am I am I here? Am I there? They're super fun. I love corn mazes. Number one nfl football hello my name is kirk haberman and i'm a minnesota vikings fan i know it's not good for me but i can't help it and i've given up trying to fight it yes i am looking forward to nfl football i'm looking forward to arguing with my colleagues at lunch over our fantasy football teams i'm looking forward to all of that how about you christopher Since I've monopolized all the time in this segment.
2: (laughs) Well, you asked that we each do a ranking. And unfortunately I saw your ranking and I was like, I can't, I can't match that. Like, I like each of the things that you mentioned. They're fantastic. So I'll give a brief ode to fall. All right. I I concur that uh, it is good and and worshipful to appreciate the beauty of of the earth and the changing of the seasons and, uh, I I think of so the uh, hymn that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast was an Isaac Watts hymn. I I mm. I think of another Isaac Watts hymn uh, called "I Sing the Mighty Power of God." Oh yes. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. I mean, so Kirk, this this doesn't mean that we like worship, like, you know, uh, you know, we we, we don't have like uh we're not pagans who who worship, you know, the solstice this and this and that. Right. <laughs> but but we can look at the earth and like the sun ruling the day and the moon shines full at his command and all the stars obey, and we can say that's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I sing the goodness of the Lord who filled the earth with food, who formed the creatures through the word and then pronounced them good. good. Lord Lord, how thy wonders <laughs> are displayed where e'er I turn my eye, if I survey the ground I tread or gaze upon the sky, there's not a plant or flower below but but makes thy glories known and clouds arise and tempests blow by order from thy throne. When all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care and ever that we can be thou God art art present there. Mm. So God's God's present in the spring and the fall. Um, much of my life, Kirk has revolved around school, either as a student myself or as a parent of students. And so just the, the cycle of going, uh, like rest is good and summer break is good, but you know, what else is good school. Yep. It's good to go back to school and to have the structure of, of fall. Um, I love the cool air. Um, uh, Summers can be a bit oppressive. uh, And, um, and, and I love just that, that mercy of, of cooler mornings and evenings. Kirk, I love the movement towards Advent. Yes. Um, You know, as, as ordinary time moves on, ordinary time is neat in its own way. But as we get back to the structure of of uh, of Advent through Trinity Sunday, uh, that part of the church year is is really cool. The um, church
1: kind of ramps up. Usually, you introduce reintroduce more service music in the fall. Our choir is back. All that stuff. I love it. Yeah,
2: people are around, and like I said, rest and vacations are good. But people kind of return uh, in the fall, and and for that reason, and for many others, Kirk, I love the fall. Here, here. And
1: I think uh, that concludes this segment, Kirk. Shall we pray? Let us end in prayer. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit.
2: Let us pray. Well, Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow after us, that we may continually be given to good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God and Father of all, whom the whole heavens adore, let the whole earth also worship you. All nations obey you. All tongues confess and bless you. And men, women, and children everywhere love you and serve you in peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Next week, Kirk.
1: Next week.